Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Father God, we thank you so much that you are with us and that you have a word in season and that your word doesn't come in condemnation, but your word is there to build us up and to encourage us so that we might be fruitful, so that we can multiply, so that we can see your name be lifted up because that's what we really want to see. It's to see your banner float over our lives and over this church. So be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been in this series of simple faith, and uh, Brenton did a phenomenal job last week talking about the journey of faith, and he also shared his heart and his journey, and I felt the suffering. At the same time, I know that God is with him, and God is with us as we journey. And so it's been um, uh, a trek, right, uh, in this season. I I was away for two weeks. Uh, If you notice my tan, I was able to go to DR. I know some of you are jealous, and I'm not saying this to to poke at you, but I've got to share the blessing. About uh, three weeks ago, a week before I I went to DR, Dominican Dominican Republic with Michelin, people in church came around me and said, hey, we want to pay you a trip. And so they've paid a trip uh, for us to go there for two weeks. And so we went there, and the week noticed, uh, we, have our, we had our PCR test, and, and we were gone, and uh, now we're back. But I really want to thank the church for the support and the care and, and the letters and the encouragement in this season, because as you know, it hasn't been uh, an easy journey, not only for me, but for many. And I'd like to thank the staff for uh, their, pa- their passion for God and their love for us. Even uh, John and Julie sent me a little... Um, a little music or a little song when we were out there. It really reached our hearts. It was so amazing. And all the staff for their support. I'm so blessed. I'm so privileged to pastor this church. I feel so loved, and I really thank you for that. Like I said, it hasn't been an easy journey, and it's still not an easy journey because we don't know what the future holds, right? We don't know what's ahead, and so it makes it complicated. Like, there's a lot of struggle. Like, what I wrote here in my notes, the longevity of confinement, uh, government decisions that sometimes we question. We're not, we're, we're, we don't know where it's all going. How people are responding to that, right? Um, the question I have, as I was talking with a lot of pastors on Thursday, what, I'm part of a network of, of bigger churches across Canada, and we're talking about, will people come back after all this? Will people settle in their home and watch us or, or become a home church? Where are they going to watch us periodically and, and not be committed to the local church? It's all fears that we have because we don't, we, we don't know how people will respond, right? We have the church up 50% capacity because I believe God is calling us to move on, right? I'm looking at how people are polarized and and from being to politicize your faith where people bring politics and the faith and, and to the extreme of being passive and, and, and fear, to be caught with fear and, and all the narration that we, uh, the narrative that is out there, there's so many narratives that are out there and it brings so much confusion 
And, and so, so what we want to do is we want to focus on the gospel. And that's what we tried to do in the last two years. And before that is to focus on the gospel. And that's why the church is here. Some people are saying, well, what's your stand, pastor? Well, my stand is on the gospel. I'm here to preach the gospel. I'm here to see people come to the knowledge of God. This is why we're here. And I know there's still a lot of questions and all that. And, and, um, but I know that as we move forward, we'll see God intervene. Uh, someone asked me when I was in, uh, like, uh, when I came back, so what did you do for two weeks? What do you, what do, you do for two weeks? Uh, I, I, one of the things I, what I answered is I watched, uh, I, watched the, uh, I watched the ocean. I watched the waves. And my wife would witness. If you would go on my phone, I have a ton of video clips of, of, the, of the waves. And I took pictures and pictures of the waves. I was fascinated with the wave. And, and uh, you know that... Um, you look in the Bible, in the Proverbs, in the Proverbs, or in the message of Solomon, the Proverbs that Solomon wrote, and at one point he says he went to see the ants and study the ants, ants because there's lots to learn from the ants. And anyway, I remember many years ago that I made a study on the ants, and it was pretty cool. But I kind of made a study on the waves, like a, like not a study, but I kind of looked at the waves and said, God, I felt God was speaking to me through through nature, and and that's what I'd like to share to you today in simple faith. When you look at the waves, there's lots that, uh, that you can learn. One of the things that you learn is the sound. You don't need to learn it. It just comes to you because waves are, are pretty loud, right? The closer you get to the water, the louder it gets. It's kind of funny because you can be in the, you can be in the resort, at the other end of the resort, and you can hear the guitar and the party and, 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 and the music and, and, the, and the aerobics and all the noise, and you might miss out on the ocean. So much noise, so much distraction, and you can be there and looking at the party and all that and not knowing that there's a beautiful ocean where the waves are hitting the shore. You can miss on that. And what I was reminded as I was studying and looking in the wave, Claude, you got to stay close to the shore. You gotta stay close to the shore. You gotta hear my voice. You gotta hear me. It's so easy to branch off. It's so easy to, to follow a trail and miss out on the beautiful sound of the waves. And the closer you get to God, the safer you are because there's so many distractions. There's so many things, so many tension or so many voices that want to have your attention. And it's easy to be like this lost sheep that gets distracted and moves out or lose focus of the shepherd. So it's very important for us to stay close to the waves. I can, you know, I, I took my walks in the morning, early in the morning, and, and I was listening to my music. At one point, I said, what am I, why am I listening to my music? I can listen to my music all, all day long. I've I got to listen to the waves. So I had one plug. I was listening to, to my worshiping father, and, and the, other, the other ear was just hearing the waves. And I was saying, God, I want to hear you. My prayer for you as a congregation, as a believer, is that you would hear from him, that you would Stay connected with him, that you would get close to the shore. Get close to the shore. It's available for you. And it's, as you get close to the shore, you'll hear the wave. So then get, don't be caught by what's happening in the resort or what's happening all out there. Make sure that you are at the, at the, at, at the shore and you hear the waves. You know, uh, I was reminded of our mission and mandate. It's to love people. It's to show the Father's love. 
when I was over there, we, me and my wife, we had the privilege to go to a, a uh, aqua massage thing, and we were in the water, and we were placed with another younger couple, and for maybe an hour and a half, we were with them, and a younger couple that just got married, maybe one year in marriage, and so when, so, so they had a lot of questions for us since we've been married for 30-some years, and she says, you look like a happy couple, and, and so we are, and we said, well, you know, it's a journey, and we were talking to, to them. At one point, I realized, we realized that she had a faith background, and she was asking questions, and we told, we told her that uh, we were pastors and all that, and she was raised in a religious setting, and, uh, and she was raised without a father, and I didn't, know, I didn't know that until she asked me what was the trigger when it came to my faith. And I talked about Abba. It's hard not to be emotion, emotional on this. I talked about father. And her eyes lit because she's never heard about father. She had never heard the gospel of Abba that loved her. And it was not about rules and regulation. It was about father. And I told her my journey uh, being raised in a religious setting. And I came to know Abba. That he loves me, he cares for me, I'm important in his sight. And it, all the gospel, the focus of the gospel is the, how much God loves me. And I said, how much God loves her and mission interacted in that. And we talked and her eyes were so big. And because she never heard about father. Unreal, right? So we, we live in a broken world. And, and you know what I really was shocked by? Is people are open to the gospel way more than we think. Uh, the problem is, not the gospel, but our presentation. It's our presentation. And, and how we should present the gospel is by the love of the Father that so loved the world, right? So, so when I was there, I, I, I just, just sensed the, 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 the sound. Like I just experienced the sound of the wave. Secondly, it, it, when I looked at the wave, it's, it's the washing of the wave. Like you, what I did too, at one point I was trying to take a picture of my footprints in the sand. And then I'd back up, jump on the side, take a picture. But the wave would always come and wash my, my footprints, right? And, and at one point I did it. I think I did a nice picture of my footprints before the wave came back. But what I caught there is that in, in the presence of God, there's forgiveness. You know, you can have big holes. You, you can sit in the sand, right? And you let the wave come, and then you find yourself, uh, you, you find, if I can say your butt, you find, you find your butt really deep in the sand, right? Because it just come and wash. And, and Jim was talking about that, too, that he likes to do that when he's at the beach. And, and, but just to say that, you, you, you walk in the sand, and you see the water come and wash away your footsteps, or the, the track of your feet, right? So amazing. There's forgiveness in God. And, and, and we're called to experience that forgiveness. And, and this is where we need to admit our humanity and our brokenness. And it brings, it brings humility in your lives, showing that we, we need God, showing that we're broken, and, and how we are selfish, and how we are uh, righteous in our own eyes, and really we're unrighteous by our own self, how we need God just to wash over us. And, and by the blood of the Lamb being washed, like it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive him. But that's the beauty of the presence of God. God washes over us and forgives our sins. It's unreal, right? Think about that for a moment. You look at your own life, you look at all, your, your, all the junk that we carry, all the stuff that we have, 
The Holy Spirit come and he washes over us because of, of, of the cross. Such an amazing story. So I was reminded of that as I watched a wave. God, come and wash over me. Come and, and heal me. Come and set me free. Come and forgive my sins, right? So the wave comes to wash my, my sins. The wave comes with, 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 with a noise that is unique to, to itself and I'm called to, to hear. And I'd like to parallel, put that parallel to hearing what God has to say. Thirdly, uh, the wave comes and refreshes you. I remember one morning I went for a walk. I think it was for an hour walk and it was crazy hot. Sorry, guys, to say that, but it was very, very, it was not Manitoba weather. And at one point, it was too hot, so I, I jumped in the ocean, and I just felt like the water just refreshed me. And again, took note, God, that's what you came to do, to refresh us. Like it says in the gospel that if you repent, there will be time in, in, the, book of, in the Acts, in the book of Acts, that if you, if you repent, there will be time of refreshing and I say, God, we need to be refreshed. I think the church needs to be refreshed. Actually, I look in the last few months in, in gospel mission, I'm sensing more an open, uh, an open heaven. I believe that God is up to something. I look at the GMDS example. I'm, I'm looking at what we're called to do, mentor the next generation. I'm looking at the contact that I have with other churches when it comes to see church plants and, and to see church be re revitalized, where we're called to help other, other churches. I really believe that God has placed a calling upon our lives, but we cannot do it if we're not refreshed by the Spirit. We need to see the water. We need to see the wave of God hit us. We need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with love. We need to be ignited by Him. And I believe that God wants to do that. So if I share my heart to you, it's not done. It's not over. As we're moving forward, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, there might be another variant. I hope not. But I, it doesn't really matter. I re what really, really matters is that we take a hold of the mission that God has placed on our lives. And that we are refreshed by God. And if we're refreshed by God and if we're hit by the wave of God's presence. God's going to send us. There's nothing going to stop him for, for reaching the world because his heart is still the same. It's to reach the broken and reach the lost. And that's why we're here. Amen? Can I hear an amen at home? That's why we're here. We're here for the broken. We're here to love on people. We're here to reach out. So we need to be refreshed in the spirit. Another thing that came to my mind is the greatness of God. How God is great. You look at creation. God is bigger than me. I felt so little. I felt like just a grain of, of, uh, uh, on the, of sand on the beach. I, I felt little. I, I was saying, you know, God, you've been hitting, this wave has been hitting the shore for I don't know how many years, way before my existence. And you're way bigger than me. Like, I, I realize that life is like a chess game, but I'm not playing the game. I'm on, I'm on the board. And I trust in the master player that is God. And I trust in his plan and his sovereignty. I need to rely on God. I can't move before him. I can't be on this board. So I'll do this. I'll do that. I've got to realize that he's a master architect. And, and when I looked at the wave hitting the shore, I felt just little. God, I don't know. I don't know nothing. As a pastor, I stand before you. <laughs> and I, the, I don't know nothing. I'm an idiot. You know, I'm, 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 I am, when it comes to the big picture, I don't know nothing. I have some ideas and all that, but really, I don't know. 
I know one thing is that my God rules. I know one thing is that God has a plan. I know one thing is God never stopped his mission. Doesn't matter where we're at. Doesn't matter what we face. That God is on the mission, is fulfilling the same mission. So I need to know that this is not home. This is not home. People don't make this home. Ah, for sure. You may have a nice home and we're building a home. We're excited about it. But at the same time, all this will pass away. This is not home. We're just travelers. We're just passing by. You got to make sure that we keep focus on that. So, so what we want to see is we want to see God in his greatness. And we want to see God in control where we know that he sees more than me, sees more than you. We might, you might have a thought, but you might be wrong. And it's okay. And God hasn't t- God is not asking us to understand everything. This is why we have this series, Simple Faith. It's to trust God. Do your best, yeah, have wisdom, have discernment, but to know that there's a higher knowledge and a higher power, and it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's not neutral, it's, it's Yahweh. It's Yahweh, it's Jesus. Another thing I got from the wave is, is that's where I really want to get to my message, and I know time is running by, is the faithfulness of God when you look at the waves. The wave hits the shore constantly. I'm sleeping. Always, always hitting the shore. And that what really got me. It was a faithfulness of God. And God was whispering to my heart, do you trust me? Can, can I be trusted? That's the dilemma I had in my heart. I say, yeah, 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 but do I trust God? And that's where it really hit me. I'm called to trust God, and that's why uh, the title of this message, Can God Be Trusted? Absolutely can be trusted. And you know, we live in a world right now, there's no trust, and I think it's, it's not good. I know that some trust has been broken, for sure, but it doesn't mean that we're not called to trust. Especially, I believe that if, if I don't trust God, I'm in trouble. Like before I left for the trip, my, I, I, uh, one of my crown fell. I went to see my dentist. And I opened my mouth wide. And I wanted him to place back that crown. Why did I do that? Because I trusted him. When I jumped on the plane, I don't know the pilot. don't have a clue where he's from. Uh, I hope that he's not suicidal, right? I hope that he's not on weed or something, right? I, I, just, I, I don't know. But I sat in that plane, I buckled up, and I was expecting to go to DR, right? Uh, but I trusted. I arrived, to, I arrived at the airport, and we had a private ride. And so, so this guy comes, and not having a clue what he's saying, jump, 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 <laughs> jumping in taxi, not knowing, but he says, yeah, yeah, it's Sunwing, Sunwing, okay, cool, cool. So we jump in, and here we find ourselves at the airport, at, at, at the resort. Same thing coming back. I had to trust. I had to trust. I, I didn't understand. I didn't see everything. And for sure, you're called not to be an idiot and stupid, but there's still a level of trust, Right? And especially when it comes to God, there needs to be a trust where we trust in God, where we rely on God, where we, we find our hope in Him. Um, and this is where you find Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. You're probably saying, well, is he going to open the Bible? Here you go. 
Hebrews 11, verse 8, it says, it talks about Abraham. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance, even though he never got it. It was in hope of the future for the future generation because he never saw it to himself. He never saw it for himself, I mean. It says, he went without knowing where he was going. Imagine that. He went, he went without knowing where he was going. Come on. My wife says I say too much, come on now. <laughs> but come on, that's pretty cool, right? What an example. You know where he was going, but he just trusted in God. And he trusted in him. And it says in verse 9, and, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. That's how we're called to live, by faith, where we trust in God. We rely in God, that God always make a way. Can you say that? God always makes a way, without exception. God always makes a way. I need to believe that. He always makes a way if I let him, if I come under him. If I trust in him, he will make a way whatever the situation you're dealing with. There's no problem too, too big for him. There's no values too deep for him. He will always make a way. And, and, and look how Abraham responded. Like he lived there by faith. For You know why he lived by faith? It's because he saw himself as, like I'll read it. For he was like a foreigner. Living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob and, uh, who inherit the same promise. You, you see, it was not home. He didn't fight for this world. The kingdom was not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual one. And Abraham caught that. Jesus caught that. The disciples caught that. Right? And you look in verse 10. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundation. A city designed and built by God. So what was the city? It was, it was not in this era. It was talking about the future. Maybe talking about the New Jerusalem. Maybe, but talking about God ruling, talking about eternity. I can see that, that he talks about eternity. So Abraham was confidently looking forward. So how did he live? Looking forward. He wasn't caught by the now. Imagine Abraham. Put yourself in his sandal. You come in a new land, and there's a lot of different values, a lot of different culture, and God says it's going to be yours. You don't know how that's going to happen. You have Sodom and Gomorrah and the, and the other city. There's perversion. There's sin. There's, it's a different world. So what do you do? Put your eyes to God. You trust in God. You rely on God, and God will make a way. It, it's not about this. It's about this. It's not about here. It's about what God, it's God, it's about God up there that walks with us and reveals himself in our lives. So confidently looking forward to the city that is with internal, uh, eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Look what it says after. This is where it becomes personal. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and she was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. What did she do? She believed that God would keep his promise. And it was not a perfect belief because when the angels gave the news to Abraham, she was listening outside of the tent or inside the tent. I, can't too, I think they were outside. Yeah, she was in the tent and she was listening and she laughed. Come on, I'm too old. We can't have a kid. And the angel came to her and said, Sarah, you laughed. 
And she said, no, I didn't, li- didn't laugh. I'm like, you can't lie to an angel, right? So, so, so she, she had to admit, okay, I guess I, I, I lied. But Isaac is called laughter, you see? And, and, and the laughter, even in our lack of faith, God is faithful. And it's pretty amazing because in, in the story of Hebrews, it's not even mentioned that she laughed. It, it, faith is not perfect, you see? Faith is not always to being up there, but it's taking a step forward. And God understands your humanity. God understands what we struggle. He knows what we're made of. But what we want to do is that we want to keep his promises close to our hearts. And we want to trust God. In verse 12, it's so amazing. It says, and so a whole nation came from this man who was um, good as dead. Meaning that... There was no Viagra at that time. Sorry for the kids that are maybe watching. <laughs> a nation with so many people that, uh, that are like the stars uh, in the sky and the sand and the seashore. And there was no way to count them. Amazing story how God provided. So can God be trusted? Uh, according to, to this, yeah. Uh, the thing that we need to do is to live like foreigners. What we need to do is to focus on eternity. What we need to do is to believe in the promises that God gives us. So when it's impossible for us, it's possible for God. Amen? And you look at verse 17. It goes on. It says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. And I believe that there's a lot of testing in life. How am I responding to the testing? And look how Abraham responded. Abraham, who had received God's promises, uh, was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac, even though God had told him, uh, Isaac is the son through whom your descendant will be counted. So, so you know the story, right? God gave Abraham a son, and now God is asking him back. And, and one of the messages in this, it's a picture of the father giving Jesus Christ up. And actually, when we went to Israel, they were talking about that it might be the same mountain where Jesus died. It's in the same region. So just to say it's pretty cool, right? So it was a prophetic message, not fun for Abraham, but it was a prophetic message of what the father was going to do, that he was not going to spare his son so that we can have eternal life. But look at what Abraham did. And I want you to take a hold of this word. Abraham reasoned. That if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. He reasoned. He reasoned. Could have, been, could have focused on the negative. Could have focused on, oh God, you're not faithful. How come this? You blah, 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 blah. Could have walked away from the faith. But he reasoned. He just stopped and says, God, if you take my son, you can't raise him from the dead. Because I know that's the promise. He reasoned. And, and I think it's important for us to reason. Just stop there right now. How are you reasoning? How are you reasoning? Are you reasoning in faith? Can I say, come on? Come on. Are you reasoning in faith? So important when I'm saying this to you today. This is so life-giving what I'm sharing to you. I want you to captivate. I want you to catch this. Am I reasoning in faith? Or am I reasoning in the flesh? Am I reasoning by the ways of this world? Or am I reasoning in faith? And Abraham shows us that he was reasoning in faith. He moved on. He was obedient even if he did not understand. But because he was reasoning in faith. And I I think it's so necessary for us to, to do this. To reason in faith. I could have only preached on this. 
Reason in faith. Look to God. Believe in God. Know that God has a way. Know that God has a plan. Know that God will reveal himself if you let him. If you reason in faith. Imagine if he would have not reasoned in faith. Think about the outcome. Hmm? But he reasoned in faith. And I want to see fruits. I want to see God move in my life like he did in Abraham's life. But there's this need for me to reason in faith. And it brings joy when you do. Because this is where you're creating a platform for God to do a miracle. So I think that's so important. I've got five points now I want to share. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do them. But um, first, I'm just going to share it. Share them real quickly. God doesn't change. How do I can have faith is I need to know that God doesn't change. His steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. Lamentation 3.22. Secondly, God loves me and God loves humanity. That if, if we're still here, it's because of the grace of God. Where, where like it says, he is being patient in, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everybody to repent. If, if we're going to go through hardship in the future, because I don't think it's going to get easier, why? It's because God wants to reach as many people as possible. You see? So whatever happens, even if it gets rougher, the mission doesn't stop, right? And if, if God, God is um, not preventing, but slowing, and it's not slowing because it's part of his plan, but if we're not seeing things as fast as we wish, it's for one reason. Listen, it's for one reason. The reason is for people to come to the truth. That's it. It comes back to mission, right? So God loves humanity. Thirdly, God is faithful to his character. And we need to wait on him and not to run before him. Like uh, we are faithless. 2 Timothy 3.12 says we are faithless, but he remains faithful and he cannot disown himself. Mm. So the danger, it's not to expect from God anymore, but take matter into our own hands. And that's what Abraham did with Agar, and it didn't, didn't turn very well. So the danger, it's not expecting from God anymore. I don't, I don't want to go there. I want to expect from God. D doesn't matter what I see. Doesn't matter the landscape. I want to trust in God. I need to trust in his character that he has a plan and he will come through. Number four, God is the rewarder of those that seek him. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Do you believe that? If you seek him sincerely, he's going to reward you. He's going to move. Go to the bank with that. Run with that. Even that could be a message on, him, on itself. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. He rewards those that, that sincerely seek him. He rewards those that sincerely seek him. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. It's not linked to your problem. It's not linked to the circumstance or to the landscape. It's linked on going to God. That sincerely, that responds to the sincere faith. Simple faith. Simple faith. It's not complicated. So God is the rewarder of those who seek him. And my last point is, it's my calling to be faithful. One of my favorite verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, so then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret thing of God. 
So what am I entrusted? The secret thing of God. You know what the secret thing, you know the, what the mystery is? Because we hear about the mystery in the epistles of Paul. It's Jesus is the mystery. Because for the Greeks, they didn't understand that God would send his son to die. Because the gods they followed is that they fought among themselves. In the Greek mythology, the gods are fighting among themselves and they're all selfish. And then you have a God that comes and laid his life down and a father that loves humanity and he gives his son. It was not heard of. It was for them totally impossible. It didn't make any sense, right? And so Paul is saying, this is my calling. It's to carry this. What is the call of the church to carry? It's that mystery. Huh? So then men out to regard us as servant. And the word servant, it's not the word doulos, but it's someone that rose on the bottom of a boat. So Paul says, I'm giving myself for the cause of the kingdom. And, 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 and as those entrusted with the secret things of God, look what it says in verse 2. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Wow. That rocks me. Now it is required, what's required of me, what's required of you, it's to be faithful to the trust that God has given you. We are on a mission, and one day I'll have to be, I will have to give an account for my mission. So, so, so that means I'm called to be faithful to the gospel and to make sure the gospel is being preached. And it doesn't matter the context, circumstances. Like I, I think about Eddie, uh, one of my friends from France, taught, right? and I talked about that a few weeks ago. And it still rocks me because I don't know how that, I don't know how that looks. When you have your assistant pastor that gets killed because of faith, like I don't get that. I, I don't know. I, I, I think God will give the grace when that's going to be the time. If that happens, uh, God will give the grace. But the calling to be faithful to what God is calling us. So my prayer as I conclude this service, and i sorry for being a little longer, I pray that we'll, we would embrace simple faith. I pray that we would turn to God and make God a solution, that the center of our life is the gospel, to live out the gospel and to spread out the gospel, and that nothing will move us from that destiny and that calling, and that we would look forward to what God has in store. So, Father, I thank you for each one watching right now online, those that are, are live and those that will be listening it later on. And for those that are out of the country or those that are just uh, visiting us, uh, I just pray that you would move in their lives. I pray that they would trust in you and live a life where they rely on you. I, I pray that they would not just live their lives with the noise of this world, but they would go to the shore, to your shore, and they would hear the waves. They would hear your voice. They would experience you. They will come to the truth. Father, anyone watching that doesn't know you, I just pray that they would, they would see you as Abba. They would see you as Abba. Father, you are Abba to me. You're Abba to everyone watching right now. You see the suffering. You see the pain. You see the struggle. You see what's happening in our, in our nation. You see what's happening in our world. You see what's happening in Ukraine. You see all the details, God. And you're Abba. I just pray that we would see you as Abba. That we would receive this love of yours. And that we would give it away. That we would share this amazing message of the love of the Father. Whatever and wherever. Father, just pray for everyone to be baptized with the love of Father right now in their home. 
for the teenager to the, to the kid that is watching with mom and dad, to the single mom, to, to the couple that's watching that they're not in unity and they're sleeping in different beds, for those that are struggling financially and those that are overwhelmed by what's happening in our nation, Father, just pray for a sense of your loving, your Abba love for them. Bless them, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you that you've never, you'll never give up on us and that you will always be Abba. You're so amazing, God. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.